Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark and with me as always, the guy who will be the future GM of the Las Vegas A's. He just doesn't know it yet. Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Mr. Clark, uh... Better than ever. I'm doing really well today. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a nice Monday. Sun's up. I'm sure the weather is just absolutely beautiful over in Seattle today. Yes, sir. I think uh, it would be a nice night to go to the ballpark tonight. Should have, should have, should have cashed in on it. But no, it's uh, it's a very, it's been very, very nice over here lately. So, um, yeah. All, all I hear from you now is uh, we need to get this done so I can get to the ballpark. I mean, you still got time to make the game. That's true. Probably could make it down there. I don't think they sold a lot of tickets to this series. So, um, yeah, probably could still find some good places. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Before we get into everything, thank you for coming back and listening to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. That is, if you're a returning listener, you know, again, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hey, thanks for choosing Forks Down. And hopefully – we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Uh, Bo and I are having a lot of fun with this, and uh, hopefully you guys are having a lot of fun with it, listening to it. Um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. We're on face- Facebook and Instagram. All you got to do is sort- search Forks Down Podcast. Um, we're on there. Our inboxes are open. You want to send us messages? You want to talk, shoot the breeze about the Mariners? Go ahead. The inbox is open. You want to ask us questions that you want answered on air? Go ahead. Inbox is open. And then if you haven't already, hit on your podcast, like or subscribe. It depends on what uh, podcast listening app you use. But you do that, you're going to get notified when we drop new episodes. Um, you can set up automatic downloads on places like Spotify. So the podcast is ready to go as uh, as we drop it. And, uh, you know, if you want to hit us uh, with a five stars on there. Again, that's not Ferrari goes. Um, but you know, it'll help us get a little bit more visibility, you know, up on their charts. So, uh, you know, some more Mariners fans can find out that they're missing out on forks down. So with all that being said, Bo, let's get into today's show. Um, we're going to start with some Mariners notes and it's a, it's a big one, but I think it's got some big implications. Um, you know, we've been talking the last few episodes about, you know, the potential of only having one all-star um, on the all-star team um, come next month. And it, it it certainly looks like that's going to happen. You know, we just don't know who it is, you know. Um, but it got announced that J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez, is participating in the Home Run Derby. And honestly, I'm I'm really not shocked at the fact because he was kind of the the star of the Home Run Derby last year. Yeah, not surprised at like at all, but maybe a little surprised. I think given the, um, I guess I should correct that and like that he was he was hurt because of the home run derby last year, right? I think everybody can kind of accept that a little bit. So mm-hmm. maybe there was a thought from Jerry and Scott and team of him not playing, and maybe if his maybe if his season was going a little bit better and he was going to be a lock for the All Star team, maybe they go a different route in the home run derby, but um. But anyways, no, this is uh, it's all good news, I think, for the city of Seattle, for, um, you know, uh, Julio to have a nice, I think, a highlight to, I think, this season, right? I think this will be uh, 
be a good thing, right? So glad to see him there. Very much will be uh, an exciting part for us as we go. So um, and for you know everybody, hope he wins it. Yep, yep. I uh, I'm kind of hoping you know, like you said, it's going to be a positive thing. I'm kind of hoping this gives him a spark for the second half. You know, um, he's far from a lock to be on the All Star team. You know, right now I think chances are he's not making it. And so I'm, I'm kind of hoping he uses this opportunity and then kind of sees what's going on at the all-star game and going, I want to be there, you know, and, and it not just helps us this season, but it could help us going forward, you know, um, with his progress, but, um, cool that he's in the all-star game or excuse me, not the all-star game, the home run derby. And, uh, hopefully he doesn't run into the, um, to Juan Soto in the final round because, that was kind of the bugaboo last year from him not winning it. So, right. Well, that's the only note we have because, uh, the Mariners, um, you know, like we had on last, the last episode, they were finishing the series against the Yankees and, uh, they were able to pull out a victory. Um, and it kind of gave the Mariners a little, uh, little spark going into Baltimore. So let's start with this Yankees game. 10 to two final. Mariners won by eight runs and uh, Brian Wu picked up his first win of the season. Uh, Yeah. Brian Wu just uh, has really come out the last couple of games after his, uh, you know, first start in Texas and has just uh, continued to deliver. Right. Um, And this game, um, you know, the fastball kind of the, the four seamer and the two seamer was, you know, his primary, um, pitches for this one and it just kind of continued to work against a Yankees offense that I think has been sluggish at times um, that continues mm-hmm. to bat Josh Donaldson for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they, uh, I think this was a um, very commanding performance from the Mariners. You know, this is the team that we all wanted to see this entire season. Um, and I think Brian Wu going into the sixth inning as well was a, was a positive sign. Um <clears throat> And, uh, I think with Brian will, he probably will have to eventually, I think, work on that, that work on that pitch mix a little bit, but, um, yeah, a lot to like from, from what we've seen from him in those last couple of games. And I'll be curious to see if they want to, um, yeah, where he gets kind of stopped at in his, uh, innings for this year, right. He's pitched a lot of innings thus far. So I'm be, I'll be interested to see if Scott and, jerry maybe hold him on you know one or two starts here and there but uh we gotta really like the outcome from this one on the on the pitching side of things and the hitting side of things yeah definitely pitching side um you know Wu went 5.1 so five and a third innings um had only given up two hits did walk three people um didn't lead to any runs though had five k's um so it was good good outing by him um Ty Adcock came in in relief after Wu went uh, one and two thirds innings, didn't strike anyone out, didn't walk anyone, didn't give up a hit, nothing. It was just one and two thirds innings. So good on Ty Adcock. Um, I think he's still rocking the 0.00 ERA even after the Baltimore series. So he's looking good. Good on him. Um, and then we kind of get the only, uh, the only, uh, Black spot on the pitching staff uh, in the last game against the Yankees was Chris Flexen came in. We had a Chris Flexen sighting, and it went just about like every other one of his appearances. He went 
two innings, gave up three hits, gave up a home run, the only two runs of the game, and they were both earned, uh, walked a batter, and struck out two. So, like we've said in the past, Chris Flexen, even in mop-up duty, is having trouble in mop-up duty. I mean, I'm glad that the game uh, pretty much was out of reach in this one, but uh, <laughs> just how much more are we... Uh, are we as fans supposed to take with, with how Chris Flexen's pitching? Uh, not much at all. I, um, you know, we've, we've said a lot about Chris Flexen and probably more than he probably should get at this point. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just confusing. I think there's a couple other guys you could probably point to and say, what are we, what are we kind of doing here? Right. Um, yeah, you know, I think I've mentioned to you before, but uh, you know, the couple other teams have kind of cut bait on some guys, right? The Reds cut bait with Will Myers pretty recently. The Guardians cut bait with uh, Mike Zanino pretty recently. So I just, the, uh, I think the, the Brewers, to... the Brewers cut bait with Luke Voigt before all that. So I mean, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's just that that point where I just I uh, feel like we got to just pull the cord on Flexen and and maybe there's one or two other guys on the offensive side of things, but. Um, yeah, I don't know what we're doing there. I think, the, I think for, for me out of, you know, Brian Wu coupled with Ty Adcock, I think that extends, I don't think Ty Adcock's given up uh, an earned run this entire, nope. I think it's still zero. So I'll take a positive out of this, that the bullpen seems like it's coming along and, uh, you know, except for obviously Chris Flexen. So, um, yeah, I don't know when, I don't know when the change is going to happen, but it's, I think it's got to come, you know, hopefully soon. Yeah. To bounce over to the offensive side of things, again, a very, very, uh, very good effort from the team. Seven of the ten batters that ended up uh, having a bat in the game had an RBI. Um, four home runs in the game. Ty France hit his seventh. Teoscar Hernandez hit his 13th. Cal hit his 10th. And Mr. Colton Wong hit a, I wouldn't call it a moonshot, but it was a pretty good shot into the right field uh porch that is yankee stadium for its first home run what what was better him finally getting the monkey off his back and hitting that first home run or them handing him the trident and him not wanting to let that thing go i thought he was going to come back out on the field with it (laughs) Uh, i mean it's all it's all good i uh i think colton wong has received you know maybe rightly a lot of uh i I almost want to call it hate but at this point a lot of uh negativity right towards the season thus far and maybe some of it's justified right so i think it's uh very good to see yeah yeah from my standpoint anyways yeah absolutely very good to see um you know from his standpoint and um you know he's still probably one of the players that we need to kind of cut bait with um just because you know we're getting production out of other players you know jose caviero but um you know big uh big home run number one for him and uh you know can't can't not praise the guy for what he's doing so um other word or other notes here in the offense teo Went three for four, again, had a home run, had two RBIs. Um, actually tied the lead in for Team RBIs um, on on this game and against the Yankees um, with 41, but I think Geno took that back uh, during the Baltimore series. Cal went two for five, two runs, one RBI. Geno went two for three, one run, two RBIs, had two base on balls. 
And, uh, you know, everyone except Kelnick uh, atop the lineup got a hit. Um, JP, you know, got hurt a couple games before this, and um, Kelnick kind of took the uh, leadoff duties, and I don't think he looked great. You know, this this game against the Yankees where we were very productive on offense, he went 0 for 5 with 3 Ks. And it's starting to kind of worry me because we thought, you know, he was kind of coming into his own at the start of the season. And it kind of, it looks like he's regressing into his old habits. Um, You know, maybe swinging a little bit less, but still taking a lot of uh, strikeouts looking, I guess. Um, I I don't know. Are you worried about Kelnick? Like I'm kind of worried about Kelnick at this point. Um, I would say, yeah, I think there's a, certainly a level of concern around Kelnick. I just, uh, I feel like every single time I, I watch, it's just, uh, like a changeup that's outside of the right side of the plate to him. Right. That just, uh, he either swings at or just can't hit like the off speed pitches, I think still are just beating him up. Right. And, Mm um, uh, so it's probably a little worried. Um, but I guess I would say like, um, you know, kind of coming into the season, I feel like I changed my expectations with Kelnick a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, since May he is hitting since May he's hitting, he's got about a 300 on base percentage with an 88 weighted runs created, which isn't ideal, but from what we anticipated to get out of what was get, what we were getting out of Kelnick, I feel like that's somewhat of an improvement, but yeah, the 35% K rate for him since the May, like since the first of May is, a little concerning thus far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of anticipated maybe this would come at some point. So, you know, we got to just hope that he's able to kind of get back to that form and, you know, it wasn't just a, um, it was just a flash in the pan, but yeah, there's definitely a little concern cause I think he was even striking out, you know, when he was hot. Right. So, um, yeah. the fact that he's, you know, bumped that up a little bit is, uh, yeah, because I don't really know where you go next with him, right? Like, I don't really know if you would you send him back to Tacoma. I don't even know why you would do that. But um, if you want to just give him some more time to figure it out, I don't really know what the next step would be with him if they wanted to try something different with Kelnick. I think the next the next step, honestly, would probably be trading him, you know. Um, and, I, and it sucks because he's got the talent that I feel like he would go to just about any other team in the league and probably – uh, explode, you know, if he went to the Yankees, he'd be an all-star this year. I, I guarantee it. So. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fresh, I don't know what it is. I just, uh, the Dodgers, I feel like find guys, just the Dodgers, the Rays, they just find these guys that they just kind of pick up and then they just end up becoming all-stars and they kind of figure and fix things on the hitting side. Right. And it just, uh, you just wish that the Mariners could get a little bit of that magic, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You're, I think you're exactly right. I think if he went to another team, there's a potential that somebody could see something and help them really, you know, I think thrive. So I think trades, uh, trades a different possibility. Good point. Yep. Yep. Kind of close out this Yankee series. Uh, Mariners went three for six with runners in scoring position, left six on, uh, still struck out quite a bit though. Um, had 14 Ks in the game, but good, good into the series. And like I said, it uh, helped with the momentum going into Baltimore. Um, Baltimore, there was not a day off in between the two series. They um, After the Yankee series, I think they caught a flight down to Baltimore, so it was like a 30-minute flight. And then uh, 
you know, got in about like two in the morning and then went and played Baltimore the next day. Um, and there was no lag. You know, I, I wouldn't expect any jet lag or any travel lag or anything because the Mariners came out and put up a 13 spot on Baltimore, one thirteen to one. Um, offensively, just another, another great offensive showing with there was 10 batters that had at-bats and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them had RBIs. Um, most of those RBIs came, what was it, the seventh or eighth inning when they had like back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back singles that yep. <laughs> drove in a run, which was just, it was insane. And it wasn't, you know, where, where the long ball kind of came into play with the Yankees uh, game. This one, there was a couple home runs, but um, it was kind of a move the line situation. You know, next man up, just get the ball, you know, into the outfield and let's score another run. And, and they were just finding where the fielders were uh, not at, um, you know, in that seventh inning. Yeah, I think it was six singles in a row, I think. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, no, like just... And like I said, like we said before, right? It doesn't take much. Like this is a team that, you know, we really want to hit home runs. We really want to, you know, get as many extra base hits as we can. But uh, yeah, it doesn't take much to to score and run up the score, right? Like it doesn't uh, just like these back-to-back singles, just trying not to do too much with the ball, right? Um, and, you know, this game plus the previous game to this, we also just hit the ball very hard as well. So we were getting good swings on the bat. We didn't let Kyle Gibson kind of get to us in this game. I think we only swung and missed nine times against him. So, um, you know, we did the things that the Mariners offense needs to do to kind of win games and, you know, run up the score like they did. So very impressed. And I think on the offensive side, and again, this is another game that kind of all came together. The offense plus the pitching. I thought this was Logan Gilbert's one of Logan Gilbert's best games of the year. Um, You know, he's kind of, he's kind of doing a little bit of a yo-yo where he kind of has some good games and he has maybe one dud and then has another good game. And this is a, this is a good game for him. Um, and I thought one of his better games of the year as well. So again, very, two good, very two good games back to back from the Mariners. Um, you know, saw the potential of how good the team can be. Yep. Yep. Logan Gilbert went seventh inning, seven innings, uh, only gave up two hits, uh, one run, which ended up being earned on a home run. Um, one base on balls and he had five K's. So he looked great. Uh, Justin Topa went one inning, gave up a hit and, and had a K and then Saucedo came in one inning and closed out the game with one K. So uh very good pitching performance all around. Um, again, uh, like you said, Gilbert, you know, one of his better outings, um, you know, hopefully we can get a couple more good outings out of him before he has another dud. Um, but, um, very good, very good pitching performance from him. Um, offensively, like I said, eight different Mariners had RBIs. Uh, Mike Ford was the only one that didn't get a hit and he pinch hit for Ty France later in the game. He went over one, but Kelnick went one for five. Julio went one for five legitimately had, I think the same stat line. Um, I think both their hits were singles and they each had a run, had an RBI, had a base on balls, and struck out three times. So, uh, actually, Julio, sad to say, Julio and Kelnick had six of the ten Mariners' case. 
and they they were batting one and two. So yeah, yeah. not good. Yeah, I yeah. I think the taking the page from like just those all singles back to back. I don't even know if Julio and I don't think Julio and uh, JK were in that. I could be wrong, but like could have taken a page from just the rest of the team's book, just like not trying to do too much. Right. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, yeah. We could probably talk about Julio at some other point too, but um, yeah, you just want those guys to succeed, but overall still very positive offensive game. Yep. 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 Tio had another monster game three for five. He had his 14th home run of the season. Uh, let's see. It was a two run shot. So 43, uh, I don't think it was a two run shot. I think it was a solo home run, but has 43 RBIs um, after this game. Uh, Cal went two for five. Gino went three for five. Tom Murphy had three RBIs, went two for four, hit a home run, had a sack fly. Um, Tom Murphy was looking great. Um, but yeah, kind of the, kind of the bottom of the lineup, you know, three through, I wouldn't even say it was bottom. It was more three through six doing damage against the Orioles. So um, good to see positive win. And, uh, you know, honestly, we're going to talk about the next two games. I don't think this series was necessarily bad for the Mariners. They started out really good on Friday, Saturday. I, I thought it was like the Braves game from last year where the game could go either way. You know, we had a lot of a lot of chances to win. We had a lot of chances that we had to tie it up, and we did. You know, it just came down to going to extra innings and not being able to play to runner and pitching to Santander, which or Santander, which was a very odd choice. But um, Saturday going in, uh, going in thirty-seven and thirty-seven, we lost four to six. Um, like I said, it was an it was a extra innings loss. Uh, Topa picked up the loss, um, gave up the home run to Santander, uh, but only one of the runs were earned on his part. Um, I wouldn't say Bryce Miller started the game. I wouldn't say Bryce Miller had a great game, but it wasn't a bad game. He gave up three runs, but like, you know, he still had four strikeouts and his four strikeouts looked pretty good and only gave up six hits. Um, but you know, kind of had to have the Mariners claw back a little bit with him giving up those three runs. Right. Yeah. I think it was, I think his six hits was his second or his third highest of the year. If I remember correctly. So the walks were a little uncharacteristic, I would say. So it wasn't probably his best stuff from the day. Certainly. Um, I think the for the most part, like his his spin was still pretty up, pretty good on his fastball. I just don't think he kind of had it on this day, right? I think um, the Orioles kind of were, you know, getting some runs here and there, and then the big home run. But uh, yeah, I you know I think this is still a pretty winnable game, and the Mariners. Um, I thought that they, like you said, I think that this was still a pretty good game from the Mariners. Like we kind of kept coming back and, you know, even though we were down, we kind of just kept plugging away at it and, um, you know, the score of the runs where we need to in the sixth and the ninth there. Um, but, uh, yeah, the extra in the game has not been kind to us this year. I think we are now, uh, I believe we are now four and seven in extra inning games. If I, if I think I have that right here. So, um, 
yeah, we're uh, we're not as good when it comes to the extras. And I think especially with Topa, I think hopefully you had a good chance there because he's been one of our more higher leverage guys. But um, mm. yeah, I think sometimes even bull, good bullpen guys have just bad outings. And um, this just happened to be uh, a night on a game in which the Mariners really needed to win, um, but uh, ultimately just couldn't get it done. Yeah. And on, and like I said, I brought up Anthony Santander, who's one of the hotter hitters on the Orioles, um, you know, coming into the series and they decided to pitch to him not only, you know, in the 10th, but they had a runner on, you know, and I would have been comfortable with just walking him regardless of what the metrics say, you know, like, um, he, he had a big series. He had a big Saturday. He was Three for three going into that that final at bat, and he hits a home run to win the game. Um, so um, that's kind of where I would probably not look at metrics and just go with the gut and go, yeah, intentional walk him. Let's go with the next guy. So, um, yeah, I probably but, agree with you there. Yeah, yeah, but you know, not a bad game. Again, it was a fun game to watch, a fun game to listen to. Um, Mike Ford had two big home runs. It seems like all Mike Ford can do is hit home runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's wild to me. I, he's got six home runs so far on the season. I, I bet he's only got eight hits on the season, but six of them are home runs. So you can fact check me on that. <laughs> so um, JP had a good lead off home run. Was it a lead off home run? I think it was a lead off home run. The JP had, I think it was, huh. Uh, JP? No, yeah. not the leadoff to start the game. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I think it was. I think it came after Mike Ford, so I think it was the second time through the order. So I think it was okay. Mike Ford and then JP Crawford. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, there we go. JP, I I missed the start of the game, so JP, I thought he hit a home leadoff home run, but did have a home run, and then Julio, um, not only hit a home run but robbed a home run. And I don't know. Did you see the uh the video of Julio bringing that ball in? And there was a kid sitting right behind the dugout um, with a sign that said, you know, he wanted to see the Mariners. And it's kind of like a checklist. He was checking stuff off and he wanted to get a ball. One of the check marks was, uh, you know, wanting to get a ball from Julio. And Julio gave him the ball that he robbed the home run, you know, from. So, like, that was cool on Julio. It was a really, really cool moment. I know it got touched on in both the radio broadcast and the TV broadcast. So cool on Julio making, making uh, uh, a kid's dreams come true almost, you know, I know if I was that age and got a ball from Julio, I'd be, I'd be pretty peachy keen there. <laughs> I'd be excited. So yeah, um, yeah definitely. Yep. Yeah. All the home runs though, you know, camp that came from four JP and Julio, every single one of them was a, was a solo shot. We couldn't get anyone on base. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, maybe I maybe not getting on base was not nice or not not the right thing to say because JP went two for five, Julio went three for five, but then Cal went one for four, Ford went two for four, and that was kind of the offense. You know, not a not what we saw the last two games. You know, offensive put out. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, the tail ends of the lineup there. Right. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, I think Ty France, Teo and Kelnick and Eugenio all win for offers in this game. So, um, 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, from the Mariners' offensive standpoint, that's what they're going to need in certain games, like just to blow them off the long ball. Um, mm-hmm. I think it just, uh, yeah, just the bullpen. I just didn't think had it on this one, and um, I don't know how you're feeling about Matt Brash. I just, uh, I do feel like we do throw Brash into high leverage situations, but um, I do kind of just consistently feel like um, he does inherit runners a lot and he just kind of does let that like runner typically come across or a single, you know, mm-hmm. um, runner come across, um, which, you know, obviously it's not an earned run for him, but, um, I just, uh, yeah, I wonder from a high leverage standpoint, like, um, I, I kind of feel like they may be bringing Menunos along a little slower. Um, but, uh, yeah. I do feel like we should probably be throwing Menunos in those situations with, with runners on more so than, than brash. Yeah. But you would have been fine with bringing Munoz in, in the fifth inning or let's see, you went one. Yeah. Would have been the fifth inning. You would have been fine with Munoz coming in, in the fifth inning. I would be fine. I would be fine with Munoz. If, if there are runners on and you got, and you are in a close game, like, and you don't want those runners to score. Like, who do you want? Do would you want your best pitcher there? Or do you want somebody that, you know, maybe not quite get that, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say is like, I want somebody in a big, a big out situation, right? Like that's what a big pitch, big time pitcher to me is. And I may not align to like what a closer perspective is or like, um, you know, to what a, what you would think you would do. But like, I guess if you have bases loaded and you're in a close game, or you know runners on i want the guy who's going to get outs i guess that's what i want so i would be perfectly fine with using the new nose at that point but i'm not a manager i don't make the calls so um i I think you just described ty adcock let's bring in ty adcock for these side leverage situations hey adcock's adcock's looking adcock's looking pretty good i don't think they're going to throw him in out there yet but um yeah, I just uh, I guess I'm just tired of seeing the inherited runner score off Matt Brash. I guess that's all I'm saying. Yep. Hey, his ERA is at least going down because he's figured out if I'm going to give up runs, they're going to be not attributed to me. We're going we're gonna to take those those uh, runners that I inherit from the starting pitcher. We're going to give them to him. So. Yeah, and I guess I got you know I don't I'm not like bashing I'm not bashing Brash bashing Brash. Um, because uh, I think he because I think yeah I think to your point I don't think he's given up an earned run in a long time like no probably no, since the hasn't. beginning of the month so like there's that I don't think he's given up a walk in a while too so like Matt Brash has kind of turned it around a little bit um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know if I need a big out I'm going to Nuno's first right like that's where I'm going so that's the way I'm putting it yep. let's see what I'm, I'm looking up Brash's RB or RBI ERA right now Brash is under a four ERA finally after Sunday's game three seven three, so uh, yeah, Mister Mister Brash did he give up? Did this did this come up because he gave up a run on Sunday that he inherited? Because Kirby I think uh, only gave up one run when he was on the hill, but he got tagged with two by the end of the game. Well, he, yeah, he uh, one of Bryce Miller's I believe wasn't one of Bryce Miller's. Uh, I thought one of Bryce Miller's was also inherited to Matt Brash and ended up scoring. And then, okay. um, yeah, that, I think that's where you, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like it happened on Sunday either, but um, anyways, I don't know. Uh, I had a problem with Matt Brash earlier in the season and it was just 
felt like he was giving up a lot of runs and he still is. But like you said, they're, <laughs> they're not being attributed to him because he's inheriting those runners now. So, um, I think you do have a legitimate gripe. I don't know if I agree with bringing Munoz in so early, but again, that's why I'm not a GM or uh, a manager. So, you know, maybe we take the Bochism, bring Munoz in in the fifth to get those big outs. Listen, I can understand. I can understand, right? And um, and sometimes you don't know where the game's going, so you don't want him to use Munoz early. But, um, yeah, I just... Uh, if you, if you need a big out, if you need a big out from a pitcher, regardless of what inning it is, right? Like maybe not regardless of what inning, but you get you where I'm coming from. I just want I just want guys not to score. And yep. if Munoz gets us that, then I'm all for it. You know, if Munoz came in that early, maybe he wouldn't have been so dehydrated. Good maybe, valid maybe point not. and scare maybe and scare not. the crowd out, scare the scare the crap out of all of us, right? Yeah. So yeah, there yeah. You go. so. I thought for sure he was going down with an elbow injury, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, so anyways, yeah. Uh, you know, to kind of wrap up Saturday's game four to six, uh, Bo didn't like Matt Brush letting inherited runners go through. And I didn't like every single home run being a, uh, solo shot. So that's what we take out of that game. <laughs> and going to Sunday's game, uh, Sunday's game was not a great game. Uh, offensively, uh, Mariners lost two to three to drop two of three from Baltimore and, um, you know, couldn't, couldn't be put on Kirby again. Kirby looked pretty good, even though he gave up, you know, two earned runs and gave up a home run. He still looked pretty, pretty good. Uh, so Kirby, I mean, what can you say about Kirby? Like, uh, his spin was a little bit down in this game, but, um, you know, just consistently pitches well enough to win the games um, that he pitches in. And uh, yeah, just uh, didn't end up happening again on this day. Um, but uh, yeah, still looked good. The command still looked really good, despite, despite, believe it or not, a walk in this game. How dare oh, he? Oh, my God. Um, oh, I didn't notice walks, that. Oh, yeah. His first walk since uh, since uh, since almost a month. Right. So yeah. Um, but uh, no, he's just he's just a joy to watch, right? He's just one of the best pitchers to, um, I think, just uh, his command, right? It's just pleasing the way that he's able to pitch and the way he's able to pinpoint his pitches like he does. It's just, um, you know, I think one of the best pitchers we've had on the Mariners for a little while. Um, certainly one of the best young pitchers we've had. So, um, yeah, what can you say about him? But uh, the, the offense still leaving a little bit to be desired, uh, especially on this day. But um but I wasn't able to get the win for him. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like we say that a lot. So um, there mm-hmm. you go. Classic, classic case of Felix Hernandez and George Kirby. That's all I'm seeing. Offensively didn't look great. Uh, Ty France went one for four. Gino went one for three. Cal went one for three. And that was one, two, all three of our hits. Gino's was a double. Cal hit a two run home run. And Mariners went one for two with runners in scoring position, left two on. Not any offense to really talk about, you know, except J-Rod did ground into a double play, which I think was our first grounded into double play in at least three or four games. So. Yeah, I was going to say it's been a little while, but uh, yep. 
I so I, I would say the Raleigh home run was pretty sweet. Add on to uh, I, th- I think they sp- I think it's spelled it's it's pronounced Utah. It is. It, definitely it is. Doesn't, it definitely doesn't look it's, like Utah. It, it's yeah. it's spelled E U T A W. Utah. Right, 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 right. So Utah, but uh, uh, sure, why not? But anyways, no. So I thought that was a nice little highlight and, you know, you got all of that one. So um, good to see there. But yeah, I mean, Kyle Bradish really settled in and um, yeah, took the Mariners offense to town in this one. So um, yeah. and then Felix Batista just kind of and in the game the way that he did just kind of really shutting the manners down, even though there's a tie France little blue pit. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a much, to, uh, this is a kind of a, um, you know, you dare say a typical Mariners offensive performance, but, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of what it was. Yep. A typical as of at least the last two years, Mariners offense, barely yeah. scraping by, but, um, I've got two notes for you here that I, I didn't put down on our sheet, okay? The first one being, did you know that um, if a player, doesn't matter which team, hits a ball on a Utah street, they get a brick where the ball lands? Did you know that? Uh, I did know that, yes. I, yes, I thought I that was that. pretty cool. Like that's, that's almost as cool as the, the splash hits into... Um, san francisco's bay so and i was uh yeah and credit to credit to the guys at talking baseball but apparently like there was i, I believe there's been no right-hander that's hit a ball out to utah street i believe so fun fact there you go yeah and cal was batting left-handed so correct yeah yeah yep. okay makes sense yeah yep. makes sense okay and then the second note i have it's it's more of a trivia question for you Name the two Mariners that have hit the warehouse past Utah Street. Uh, does the uh, Home Run Derby yes, count? Yes, it does. Yes. Okay, so one of them is Ken Griffey Jr. Correct, correct. Um, and that has hit the warehouse. Yes. Um, let me think. Uh, I'll go... Mm, it's tough. Uh, it's had to have been in the nineties. Is it? And it I'm had not, to be a lefty because it had no to be a little lefty. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's probably not the guy that's coming to my mind, but I'll guess Robinson Cano. It was not correct there. You were correct with Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey's got one of the most notable home runs in that ballpark. You know. Yeah. Granted, I it was in the home run derby. Um, no. The correct answer is Mariners legend Sam Haggerty. Sam Haggerty. Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Credit, credit the Mariners broadcast for that gym of a stat. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knew? I should listen with the audio on apparently more. There you go. Well, yeah. it, it's dependent on who's going where. You can just, just find out where Goldsmith's at and then, you know, listen to the game corresponding where he's at because – He's been doing a little bit more radio, so. Good point. All right. Well, cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. Anyways, um, you know, we're almost through the first part of the season. And, you know, last episode we were talking about some trade rumors. And um, they're starting to pick up steam because, again, the Mariners don't know if they're going to buy or sell. They're still sitting 
around 500. And it honestly, if they get a sweep in the Nationals this week, they're back over 500. You know, we're still sitting a little, I mean, a little bit worse than we were last year now because at this point last year, I think we were within our 13-game win streak. But, um, you know, we're still not out of it. And the AL West kind of isn't doing well right now. The Rangers haven't been doing well. The Astros haven't been doing well. The Angels had the wildest stat, I think, in the last 30 years with their series in Colorado. Do you, you know they outscored Colorado 32 to 12 this weekend, right? 32 to 12, the football score. Yeah. That's, yeah, they did. They also lost the series 2 to 3. <laughs> That's right. That's, yeah. <laughs> game Those one. Angels making history. Game, game yep. one. Game one was Otani being a triple from the cycle, Trout hitting a home run, and they lost 7 to 4. That sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds absolutely within Angels baseball. So, you know. AL West isn't doing well, and you know there's there's a chance the Mariners can't come back. You know it's still not out of the realm of possibility. We're not, you don't hit the ejecto seat on this yet because there's still a lot of baseball left. But there's a lot of trade talks stocking or kind of coming around, and you know we we don't know who we're going to inquire, and we don't know who's kind of on the block. Um, but uh, there's a lot of teams that can use pitching right now. Yeah, I mean the the Mariners have a, uh, I guess you can call it a surplus, but have a deep bench of starting pitchers right now, and um, yeah, everybody's going to want a starter. Everybody's going to want a starter. You know, it's always kind of a hot commodity at the trade deadline. Starters mm-hmm. get you a lot of prospects, get you a lot of you know, basically talent at the deadline, right? Um, and the Mariners have that, so they're kind of in a kind of in a unique position for it. Um, the Mets can probably certainly use a starter, um, but who knows what the Mets are going to do? Because the Mets are a little bit of a mess themselves. Um, the The Orioles, the team that we just saw, um, I think uh, I think it's been noted that they, you know, Kyle Gibson's kind of their I don't want to call him their ace, but you know, kind of one of their top starters and you know Kyle Gibson's still not I would say like a I would kind of say Kyle Gibson's closer to probably a three or maybe a two right so like um the Orioles could certainly use some pitching um and the Cardinals are another team that um I think could really use some pitching because they got some guys that are going to be free agents at the end of the year and the Cardinals are a team that um they famously don't rebuild right like they just kind of retool and then they go after it so there's a lot of teams out there that could use starters um but I think, I think, and I'll ask you this, right? Like, I think we're going to have to mentally connect ourselves to that somebody between George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Brian Wu, or Bryce Miller is probably eventually going to move on, right? Like, that's, I think it's just the writing on the walls that we're going to have to trade some starters at one point. And I don't know if it's going to be this deadline because I just don't, I don't know if it's going to be this deadline just because those good deals. I don't know if they always come around unless we are like true, true sellers, which I don't think will be burning it down sellers, but mm. I think one of those guys is going to have to eventually move on. So um, yeah. How do you feel about, how do you feel about getting rid of any of those guys? I, I think it's going to happen. I think the only one of the ones you mentioned that um, should be untouchable is Kirby. I, I really think that if someone, unless it is a, very very good deal like like 
multiple major league ready prospects. Like I'm not answering the call on Kirby. Um, but I, with any of the other three, I could see moving on from them. Um, the, the, the one of the three teams you named, the one that um, has been kind of picking up steam. I think it was John Morosi of CBS um, came on to Seattle sports talk or Seattle sports radio last week and was talking about potential trades. And one of them was um, matching up the Cardinals and the Mariners and um, the, the proposed deal he brought out. I, I, I kind of didn't like it just because I, I don't know a lot about this player. Um, I, I figure that he is kind of a, I don't know, like he's going to play well in St. Louis, but could kind of flame out other places, but their potential deal was, um, one of three Gilbert Wu or Miller. And you trade for Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals. Um, is that something you would be interested in or, you know, wouldn't be mad at if that happened closer to the deadline? Um, I wouldn't be mad at it. Um, you know, he's a guy, I think Brendan Donovan's a guy that he's kind of played a couple different places around the diamond. So, um, he could probably fill in for the Mariners and kind of a couple different places. Um, I wouldn't be mad at it. I think he's had a breakout season last year. Um, and it could be somebody that, um, would hopefully fill a role here and there for the Mariners. Um, I, there's a lot of guys on the Cardinals that I think might end up fitting well in the Mariners. He's certainly one of them. I think Nolan Gorman might be another player that um, could come in and fill and, and play second base. So there's a lot of guys out there. I don't dislike the Brendan Donovan one. I think he could also play a competent, you know, kind of infield or outfield wherever we need him to as well. Um, am I trading? Am I trading Gilbert for him? Um, but I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I think I'm, I think I would probably trade woo for him and maybe mm-hmm. woo and maybe another piece might, might get that deal done. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think also though, like, um, I don't know how often, like I'm thinking like at like major league asset trades, how often they really happen during the deadline. Like I'm, I'm basically what I'm talking about is like, this offseason, the the Marlins traded for Luis Arise and they gave up a major league asset in Pablo Lopez, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like most of the trade deadline trades are mostly like, here we have a major league asset, we're going to get a bunch of prospects. So that would be a little bit of a different deal, right? Um, to get like a Brendan Donovan or a Nolan Gorman. But um, I'd be all about it. I'd be all about it. I think if there's one thing we've seen with the Mariners, right, is that um, something's got to change on the offensive side. We need to get some new players in there in terms of just taking it to the next level and trying some different things. And uh, yeah, I like it. I like both those guys. I'd probably put Nolan Gorman up a little bit for myself, but um, I think either of those would be good additions to the team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I want to see more of Brennan Donovan. Maybe I need to start watching some, uh, some Cardinals games, but um, Nolan Gorman's kind of intriguing. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. You're right. You know, it's a lot of, prospects for major league talent during the trade deadline and you know we've we certainly got pitching prospects you know hopefully we can get some hitting back so um you know before we get to the trade deadline before we get even to the all-star game um that we're so kind of salvating at the mouth for (laughs) um we've got the mariners hosting the nationals this week um i i dare i say uh, this is a, 
this is a series that needs a sweep. We've got the Rays coming to town next, and the Mariners need to go into that series over 500. And you've got the team to do it because the Nationals haven't been great this season. Uh, yeah, need a sweep. It's the Nationals haven't been good. We're facing the three, four, five pitchers from the Washington Nationals. Um, I think it's just we'll just make, we'll just put it out there, right? After this series, we play we play three games with the Rays, then we play three games with the Giants, who have looked better recently, and then we end with a four game series with the Astros. So, um, in Houston, right? So, like, yeah, need a sweep. No, need a sweep. Need a sweep, need a sweep, need a sweep. Yeah, we need to we need to kind of come in and you know play the best Mariner baseball we can, especially against the pitchers that we're going to see in this series. And uh, if there was ever a time to get out the brooms, now would be it. And um, you know, I think anything less than that is you know certainly, of course, you want at least two out of three. But I think anything less than a sweep is honestly a little bit of a disappointment at this point, just because yeah, you really need it before you're going into the All Star break. So um, yeah, absolutely need a sweep. Um, and I think we've got the right pitchers to do it. Um, and we got the right pitchers with Luis going tonight and then Brian Wu and Logan going the next two nights after that. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can tap into some of that good manner baseball we saw over the weekend. Yep. 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 Uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to tonight's game, Luis Castillo against Trevor Williams. Hopefully the Mariners can, uh, kind of get off the, the, the snide again with, uh, the lack of offense and come in and, you know, tag Trevor Williams and get him out of there. So be interesting to see. I'm really, really looking forward to the Nationals. You know, Bo, we're going to get done in the next 10 minutes. You can still make the game. Still make the game. Yeah, think about sure. it. I'll check the 405 and see the traffic. How's that sound? There we go. There we go. Before we get out of here, though, Bo, um, we, we started a little bit of draft preview last week uh, instead of prospect corner. And uh, you've got a couple names that the Mariners could be seeing um, here that, you know, they draft the 22nd position, 29th and the 30th, you know, with, with Julio winning rookie of the year and us getting a competitive balance pick. Um, and you, like I said, you've got a couple players here that we could be seeing their names get called. Yeah, I think this time around I, uh, I highlighted uh, Chase Davis and Bryce Eldridge. Um uh, Chase Davis from the college ranks at Arizona, an outfielder, um, and Bryce Eldridge, more of a first base type, um, a high school prospect right now. But uh, yeah, Chase Davis had a really nice season um, at Arizona uh, this last year, about a 362, uh, 489 with 742 slug, um, kind of struck out and walked similarly um, the number, same number of times this year. So decent play discipline. Um and uh, I think would fit a little bit of what kind of the Mariners need. They'd need some, I think, higher, I would say, older outfield talent right now. And he is a lefty, which I think the Mariners also need as, as well. So he could be somebody that um, <clears throat> you could be seeing him call as the Mariners. Um, one of their picks, I think, for certainly in the first round. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, an elite kind of upperclassman for Arizona this last year did pack, did well in the Pac-12. Um, so certainly I think a, you know, good, uh, good prospect to watch. And then the next one was Bryce Eldridge. Um, a little bit of different, uh, take on this one. It is a, um, is a high school prospect. Um, at least I think is, uh, yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah. He's committed to Alabama. So there you go. Um, but, uh, he does kind of scout out as a first base, but also a pitching prospect, maybe going to end up more on the, 
the offensive side of things, but big guy at six, seven also bats left. So um, if I'm going with the trend, I kind of see, hopefully we'll maybe I'll end up taking a left-hander. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, big guy at six, seven um, got a lot of power, big, big power bat, like an 80, 80 grade power bat, 80 grade power tool. So there's a lot of potential to like there. Um, uh, you know, I know we have a nice fill in with kind of Locklear right now with Tyler Locklear, but um, I think when you kind of have that talent on the board, I think the Mariners kind of do um, look for the most talent rather than maybe some needs at some point. So could be another guy if he's there and they really like the bat and really like the the power projection from him. Could be another one that they take. So um, Chase Davis, Bryce Eldridge, just two names to kind of look out for on draft day. I'll be interested to see who the Mariners end up drafting. Um, you know, we might uh, we might go visit where they're drafting. You know, it's around All Star weekend. I don't know. Have they announced if there's like going to be fans there? Uh, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything yet. I'll keep kind of checking in. Uh, they did the Kraken draft at Gasworks Park, so maybe they'll end up doing the the regular draft at Gasworks Park. I don't know yet. No, we'll we'll we should definitely keep an eye on that and see if we can catch that. That'd be a good time. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's our show for today. Um, Bo, before we get out of here, you got anything else you want to you want to mention or anything? I think that's all for me. There, there is one thing I want to mention before we get out of here. Maddie Beaners, center for our Seattle Kraken, took home the Calder Trophy tonight. So, the Rookie of the Year trophy. So, excellent, um, excellent, excellent. Now, hopefully, uh, Dave Haxtell can take home the Jack Adams, and they'll be two for two with Kraken, uh, Kraken team at the uh, NHL awards. But, anyways. Maybe one of these days we'll do another Kraken episode, maybe towards the start of their season. So, For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Friday.